Hey everyone, welcome to the Travel Mation Podcast, where we are going to talk all things travel, Disney, and more. Now today is our very first episode, and we are going to talk about why this podcast exists and everything that's changed about Walt Disney World since coronavirus. Hey, everybody. We are so excited to be here. This is Alston. And I'm Tim. I'm Christina. And we are the Travelmation Podcast. Today, we are talking about some big stuff, guys. We've got a lot of content to cover, but I'm excited about episode one. You guys ready for this? Oh, yeah. Ready. All right. So here's the thing. We're going to talk first about why we even think this podcast needs to exist. Why even in this world where we've got so many podcasts, so many Disney podcasts out there, why another one? So just a little bit about me. My name is Alston. I work for Travelmation. All of us actually are Travelmation travel agents, but we're not just here to sell your sell you Disney. We want to help you actually win with your next Disney trip. So whether you are headed to Walt Disney World, you're headed to Disneyland, we're going to talk about all things Disney and more. But today we really felt like we wanted to introduce why this podcast existed because we think that there is a reason. We think that there's a reason that there should be another podcast, and that is to set you up for success wherever you're going, whenever you're going, whether to Disney or other destinations around the world. Tim, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, that's great. I mean, you know, here at Travel Mission, we have, you know, currently over 450 agents across the U.S., and I think every single one of those agents would tell you that we just really want our clients to have the best experience possible wherever they're going. And so I think this is just another facet of that. We want to help people stay informed and, you know, up to date on all the changes, which right now there's a ton. Um, and so, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. What about you, Christina? Well, I have to agree with everything you guys said, um, but I will say that Disney is just a very magical place and it's where some of the best memories are created. And that's why we're here today. Well, and honestly, what you said, it it's why we're agents, right? We didn't sign up to be travel agents because we wanted to make a ton of money. Yes, it is a vocation, but we want to do this because we want to help people win at travel. And the reason we're doing this podcast is one and the same. We want to help people win with whatever travel they're taking, whether they're going to Disney World, which we'll talk a lot about Disney. We're all Disney fans at the core. That's where Travelmation started. That's where each of us started as well. But we're going to talk about some other things, travel, because we just want to set you up for success wherever you're going and to bring those same feelings of fun and magic that you experience at the parks wherever you're going, whether it's on a car or a run. I'm, I'm a big podcast fan myself. You guys, I know you love podcasts. What's your favorite podcast you listen to out there? <laughs> I have she no, blanked. I, there Too are many. so many, there are so many, there are so many. I like a lot of, um, like the, the serial ones. Ooh, yeah. I like, I like the Disney ones and I like listening to books also eBooks or audiobooks. Yes. Yeah. That's great. Audiobooks. I think m probably my favorite, uh, Disney podcast, um, is Jim Hill and Lynn Testa. I love them. They're, you know, tons of knowledge and they're quite hilarious and entertaining at the same time, which I, I enjoy that. So I got to give a shout out to my boy, Lou Mangello over at WDW radio podcast. He is, uh, Probably, probably one of the first podcasts I actually subscribed to when that was like a new thing. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, I love the idea of podcasts, but we want to be 
you know, we want to be hanging out with you guys as the listeners. We'll be with you on your runs. We'll be with you in the car. And we want to engage with you, too. So if there's any feedback you have for us, anything you want us to talk about on the show, uh, my email, it's Alston, A-L-S-T-O-N at TravelMation.net. Tim's same, T-I-M at TravelMation.net. And Christina, a little bit unique, C-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, last name Recio, R-E-C-I-O at travelmation.net. We want to get in touch with you guys. We want to be there for you as you're planning, as you're experiencing, as you're getting excited for your trips, as you're counting down, which a lot of our countdowns kind of got reset at the beginning of this year. Yeah. Yeah. Moving a little bit. We were so close, but we really do want to engage with you guys and want to get to know you. Um, And so we, we thought a fun way to do that would just be to talk about what our favorites at the Disney parks are. So Christina, why don't you start and tell us what's your favorite resort And what's your favorite Walt Disney World restaurant? Well, as you guys know, there are so many options. um, But I think if I had to choose my top resort, it would be Boardwalk, just because I think I'm in a bit of an Epcot is my favorite park at the moment. Um, So I love the proximity to Epcot. I love that I can go grab some baked goods from France in about five minutes. So I just I love that the Boardwalk's a great area. And for restaurant, I'd have to say California Grill. Again, the proximity to Magic Kingdom, and you just can't beat that view. Yeah, I think me and Christina have similar views, but I always say my favorite resort, I have two, and it depends on the time of year. So I have like a favorite summer resort and a favorite winter resort. And my favorite summer resort would be the Polynesian just because it's amazing. But if it's like the fall or winter, the Wilderness Lodge to me is just, that's that's our home resort. That's where we, you know you know, stay a good bit. And, um, we just love it. It's amazing. It has those like fond memories, just like the hallway going up from the quick service to the lobby. Like I can see our kids running up it with the stroller, you know, so the art we're never going to buy. That's right. Maybe, maybe it's definitely the best there for Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, I, uh, I agree. I love both of those. Those are actually probably my seasonal favorites as well. I think I did a post a couple months ago where it was my favorite for each season. And I think Polynesian for the summer, for sure. And Wilderness Lodge. Oh, gosh. The fireplace. It's my favorite place to go in the morning. Just quiet Grand Canyon concourse. Not Grand Canyon concourse. It's the Grand Canyon fireplace, though, right? Yeah. It's all the layers from the Grand Canyon at the fireplace. That's right. And then uh, my favorite restaurant. I do love California Grill, just like Christina. Um, The view plus the food's amazing. Great bread service. Um, but if we can't pick the same one, I think my number two would be Via Napoli and Epcot. So mm. I just love their pizza. One thing you as the listener, unless you're gluten free, that you will have in common with us is that we all are big fans of bread service. Christina owns a restaurant, so she's a foodie. Tim and I are foodies. We love the food. But bread service, it really does set a restaurant apart. That's why it I really think does. Sanaa is up there for me. I mean, it's not my favorite, but I love the bread service at Sanaa. Now, see, I feel like you have to categorize it, though, because like in my brain, when I think bread service, it's like complimentary, you know, so mm, like true. I don't know if the non bread at Sanaa counts because you have to pay for it. So I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like a toss up. That, that's a good point. <laughs> and maybe you as the listener should give us your opinion there. What do you think classifies itself as bread service? Is it free? <laughs> Is it complimentary like the chips at a Mexican restaurant? Right. Or do you have to, you know, could any bread you know, a little upcharge there? That's right. 
That non bread is worth it, though. This is, is a side it. note, but isn't it so frustrating when you go to a Mexican restaurant and you have to pay for the chips? I feel like it should be in the job description of a Mexican restaurant that chips are included. Complimentary. Should be Come illegal. On. That's right. Chipotle, what are you doing out there? Um, well, me, let's see. I love Polynesian, and my favorite restaurant goes in that theme as well. It's Ohana. I mean, breakfast, we're, we have such a nostalgia for the Ohana character breakfast, which I really hope comes back at some point. But man, I remember on our honeymoon or an early anniversary trip, my wife and I didn't have a reservation at Ohana, but saw it from afar. It was our first time seeing it. We were like, man, wouldn't it be cool to eat there? So we walked up to the hostess stand and we just said, is there any way you have a table for two and they let us in. It was that Disney magic. They let us come in. It was a table right by the window with the view of the castle. So almost every time we go, we try to go to Ohana. And I mean, their dinner, it's just oh, their dinner another, blows my mind. That's like top category. five for me. Yeah. Oh, so good. So if I could eat breakfast and dinner at Ohana, that would all all I need in a day. You know what they do? They get you there. So you're out by the pool. It's like two or three o'clock. You're hanging out and then they start cooking all of the meat for dinner. And they have yes. that like smoker thing and you just mm. smell it everywhere. Yeah. That even was, if you didn't have reservations, you're like, we need to go eat there. <laughs> we need to go. And the same thing happens at Animal Kingdom Lodge. Anytime I'm near Boma, the smell of that chicken cooking uh-huh. oh, gets me every time. That's right. But hey, that's just a little bit about us. We'd love to hear what your favorites are. Feel free to tag us, send us emails with your favorites. We'd love to know. Um, But let's dive into the meat of where we're going today, because today, as we're launching this episode, it should be July 6th, which means we are just a few days away from the opening, the reopening of Walt Disney World, the park specifically. Some of the resorts have been open, but specifically the parks are going to be opening in just a couple days. And so we wanted to what we wanted to do today is we just wanted to walk you through some of the big changes that are coming, some of the top ways that Disney has changed because of COVID-19 so that you know what you need to know before you go and so that you're prepared. So, Tim, why don't we start with you? What is the top way, one of the top things you've seen that Disney has changed because of coronavirus? Yeah, so I think the biggest change we saw released yesterday, um, which is the new park pass reservation. So, you know, beforehand, if you had an annual pass or you had tickets for your trip, you could make, you know, fast passes or dining, but you weren't necessarily locked into that park. Right. Um, and so that's a big change. So starting for the foreseeable future, uh, before you are able to go into a park, not only do you need to have valid park admission, uh, but you're going to have to go online, check the availability calendar and make a park pass reservation for you and everyone in your party. So, I mean, that's a that's a very big shift for people, um, especially, you know, People who have been going to Disney for years and are used to planning their vacations a certain way. Um, I think a lot of us are going to fill some shifts and, you know, how we plan our vacations. So um, that's the that's probably to me the biggest change that we've seen. Yeah, I completely agree with that. If you are planning or if you have a trip and for some reason you miss that announcement that you need a park pass reservation, you need to get on it because there are already some dates that are completely booked up. And it's not that Disney doesn't want everyone there. It's what we all assumed is that they are trying to limit capacity because of Corona. They want to practice social distancing as much as possible. And so they're limiting the capacity. And so you've got to get those reservations. Um, They're all released at this point. Unfortunately, right now, you cannot make a park pass reservation if you don't currently have 
tickets for 2020, but there is a possibility, at least at the time of this recording, there is a possibility they will open those back up when they reopen ticket sales and resort sales for 2020. So here's to hoping, right? That's right. Here's to hoping. Christina, what about you? What is the top thing that you've seen changed because of COVID? Well, this was a big deal uh, about a, a year ago when they got rid of them, but the mini shampoos and the Disney Ooh. resorts are back. <laughs> such a small detail, but such a great one. It was a, an, an uproar when they, they changed to the pump. That's right. Because, you know, you like to you do like to take home your Disney souvenirs. So and the and the mini shampoos and soaps and lotions, those are definitely part of those souvenirs. So we're kind of we're glad they're back. I would bet that most people listening to this right now have a drawer in their guest bathroom or their master bath, who knows, full of those little, you know, soaps and lotions and shampoos. That is true. And we're we're not encouraging you to steal those. We know you are anyway. We're not encouraging that on this podcast. No, just if there's extra laying around, you know. Correct. You know, it's the morning. You're like, hey, somehow I'm out of shampoo again. The housekeeping lady is like, but I just gave you shampoo. (laughs) You're like, I don't know what happened to it. Don't do that. Not our listeners. They're above that. That's right. You're right. That's a big shift. And, you know, it's definitely going to be one of those shifts that's more towards the cleanliness factor, because I doubt that they made that shift to save money. No. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe that's where the pumps came from. All right. Here's the one that I think is kind of a mind blowing change coming your way. And there might be some mixed feedback about this. But currently, Disney has removed the option for Fast Pass Plus. So let's talk a little bit about that. What's your opinions on that? Uh, essentially, I think what they did there is that they took away FastPass Plus so that they could reset the system. It's an opinion. I don't know if that's a fact, but I also think with capacities being lower, they felt like this is going to be the perfect time to try something new. Have you guys heard anything about that? Any rumors out there? Yeah, I've, I mean, you know, Disney, what they're saying regarding that is they're utilizing all of the queue space for both of those, you know, to help people socially distance while they're in line for rides and all of that kind of stuff. And to your point, I mean, I'm under the opinion of, I know some people are frustrated by the systems and how they've worked, but I mean, if you have tickets and you can get a park pass reservation for the next couple months, I mean, I can remember times back in like September of like, you know, the early two thousands where it was just, everything was five minutes, you know, everything was so dead. Um, so I do think the next couple months, if you can get a reservation, are going to be some ideal times to visit. But I would have to agree with you, Austin. I think I think a lot of people have been wondering if they were going to move to a new system, whether it be MaxPass like Disneyland in California or something different. And, you know, the problem with that is at some point you have to pause what you're currently doing, you know, and mess up people's plans to introduce a new system. And they got like the master pause button hit, you know, so. I feel like there are going to be some things that maybe they've been thinking about that they want to take advantage of now and kind of implementing. So that's my opinion. I I think this brings back a little bit of nostalgia also, um, just because you can walk onto a ride like you did in the early 2000s with a 5, 10, 15 minute wait. So this is I think this is going to be a good thing. It's a little bit of a shift, but I think we're going to Disney's going to make it work and we're going to make it work. Yeah, I don't know if you saw there was an internal memo to cast members that they weren't going to be using virtual queues at all, even for Rise of the Resistance, which for, you know, Disney fans who remember the last couple months before they shut down. I mean, to get a virtual pass for Rise of the Resistance, you know, 
took, you know, a college degree and lots <laughs> of, lots of persistence. But, you know, if, if you're just going to be able to walk into the queue for that, that'll be a big shift in and of itself. Yeah. They said it was actually harder to get into rise of the resistance than Harvard this year. Oh, I, think I, heard I that agree. Somewhere. I agree. <laughs> No, I agree. I love, man, I've been to Disneyland. I love Max Pass. So if they shift towards that direction, I think that would be for the better. That's my personal opinion. We really do. We want to stay positive on this podcast, but that doesn't mean we're not going to give you our opinions. And I, it's not that I didn't like Fast Pass Plus. It's just kind of hard to know where you're going to be 60 days before your trip happens, where with Max Pass, you can kind of make the reservations the day of. And if you want to hop somewhere else, which... We don't even know if park hopping may come back in the near future, but it's always easier to make plans with Max Pass and kind of it, it seems easier to navigate your day rather than to pre-plan the whole thing. Totally. Guys, I have to tell you something. Uh-oh. What is that? I've never been to I've never been to Disneyland. Oh my oh goodness. Gosh. That's okay. That is okay. It's okay, Christina. We'll get my there. goal is 2021, but we'll see. Yeah. That's you have right. to make it happen. My my all-time favorite attraction happen. is at Disneyland. What is it? And what is it? Pirates of the Caribbean in Disneyland mm. Park. It's so good. That is so. that is a spicy debate right there. Which park does it better? Pirates of the Caribbean. Let us know your opinion. Mm. I agree, though. Disneyland, it was kind of that uh, Mecca trip for me. I think I went in 2015. Tim, you weren't there for my first trip. I was there with our no. uh, CEO, Adam. Tim and I have also had a trip to Disneyland, which we can <laughs> unpack on a future episode. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Disneyland, it's just different. And we are specifically going to be talking about all things Disney and more on this podcast. So we may, t- we may talk about Disneyland. We may talk about Shanghai. We may talk about Hong Kong. Who knows where this podcast will go? But I would agree. Disneyland, it's just its own category. And for so long, I fought it because Walt Disney World is my home. But there's a piece of me that would say that I actually like Disneyland the best it may just be my favorite park around the world that i've been to so you gotta go all right let's talk about some more shifts what are some other things that we've seen changed at walt disney world because of corona tim you're up yeah so another big shift is dining reservations so you know if you've ever planned a disney trip you know that either you or your travel agent has had to be up at 6 a.m 180 days out you got to have your list ready you got to you know be ready to go um, Disney completely canceled all dining reservations for the rest of the year. So that was a shock to everybody, but you know, they're having to reset their system to follow social distancing and just, you know, hit those capacities that they can't continue to pack, you know, be our guest at hundred percent capacity anymore. <laughs> right. So like maybe 120%. Right. Yeah. So you can't decide, Oh, well, you know, we're only going to cancel half of you. So they just kind of hit the reset button there too. And so currently as of, recording this podcast, uh, people with resort reservations can make dining reservations through July 10th, which is the day before uh, Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom officially reopen. Um, But at some point, they're going to roll out dining reservations uh, to start again. And now they will be 60 days in advance. Um, So a lot a lot more similar to Disneyland, like Austin was mentioning with FastPass potentially. Um, So that'll be a big shift. Um, making those dining reservations 60 days out. We don't know if they will be length of stay. Um, Whereas in Disneyland, it's 60 days, no matter what, you know, it's just 60 days from every day. So that'll be interesting to see how they, you know, roll that out. And if that 
is a temporary shift or a long-term shift? I don't know. What's your opinion, Christina? Do you like 60 days versus 180? Well, I'm a local, so I live in South Florida. And I don't know if I'm going to be at Disney in 180 days from now. Right. Um, so, you know, we're more of the let's pick up and go. And we go maybe once or twice a month. And it's only about a three hour drive. So I like this because I we are more spontaneous when it comes to our Disney trips. So this is this is big for us. Yeah, that's true. And that's what I love about what Austin was saying about the max pass system in Disneyland versus fast pass plus what, what was happening in Disney world is it kind of evens the playing field for everybody. So like, you know, if you have a client that decides to go last minute to Disney world and we're 15 days out, I mean, the odds of them getting a fast pass for seven dwarfs or dining at be our guest, you know, it was just out the window, you know? And so I do right. love the fact that potentially whatever new systems are in place will kind of even that playing field some too. So, yeah. And if, if you're a newer Disney fan listening to this, what Tim just mentioned, the dining at seven, um, the dining at be our guest or the seven dwarfs fast pass. Those may seem like trivial things, but those are deal breakers for some people. Oh yeah. And so that may, may or may not affect whether they even go. So you're right. When people were looking to plan three months, two months in advance, if they didn't have some of those things, they're like, now ah, we're going to go somewhere else. So it could be for the better that dining gets moved down to 60 days where I would, if you're a Disney executive listening to this, please don't bring back fast passes and dining at the 60 day mark. Oh, I just, I don't see how that could work <laughs> in my mind. So yep. yeah, let's, let's keep, uh, let's keep dining at 60 days and let's move towards max pass. We That's are the, right. we're That's the armchair shift. executives on this podcast. Um, <laughs> what I think, uh, what, what I think is really great about the dining moving to 60 days is what you said. It's easier to know where you'll be two months in advance. Most of the time, the park hours are released by then, where when you were planning it 180 days out, sometimes you didn't even know, oh, is there going to be a special event at Magic Kingdom that day? And now my clients have dinner that is bumping right up against Magic Kingdom closing at six. So I think that'll be helpful. But I would definitely prefer length of stay booking. And mm. I think every travel agent that's listening to this Absolutely. would agree. Please keep it length of stay booking because it's one thing to wake up once and we love doing it. Gosh, we love making dining reservations, setting clients up for success. But if you multiply that by every day of every client's trip, that just may get unmanageable at some It'd point. Be a lot. Yeah. So Christina, why don't you talk about some of the things um, that we know, at least in the phase one of, you know, the reopening that we're losing. So they've announced certain things that won't be available, um, certain experience. Yeah. What's that going to look like? So it is certain that a trip to Disney right now may look a little bit different. Um, for right now, parades, fireworks um, are definitely gone for the for the foreseeable future. We feel that um, maybe they they will come back, hopefully around the end of the year. Um, but also the indoor shows are to be determined. So that's, you know, Nemo and Lion King. Those kind of shows are going to be put on the back burner for the time being. We'll see as the situation. I know this is the, everyone's favorite word, but this is unprecedented. So we we don't know and neither does Disney when these things may come back. But yeah, we're confident that they will come back. And so right. all of that's in the name of social distancing. Right. So like. You know, right. fireworks, parades, anything that draws a big crowd of people, they're just trying to avoid at this point. Right. And figure out how to do them safely for everybody. 
the good thing is we can all still watch Happily Ever After on YouTube. That's I mean, right. What a great and, show. And I have a lot during this <laughs> now, time. <laughs> now I'm going to say one of the things they announced that's not returning that I don't understand is the electrical water pageant. I think they were just looking for a reason to get rid of it. No, they, they can't get rid of it. It's it's one of my favorite things. It's so sentimental and like, you know. They cannot blame social distancing on the electrical water pageant. Oh, you can no, see you it can from be your further room. From it. Exactly. You can be further from that parade. Yeah, Here's I think a, maybe they're like the beaches and stuff. If people crowd on like, you know, outside of Geyser Point or whatever, the Wilderness maybe. Lodge. I don't know. I think uh, John Maxwell said this about leading during Corona. He said, this is a great time to be a leader because anything you want to get rid of, anything you want to change, you can just blame it on Corona. That's so I'm right. not saying that's what's happened to the electrical water pageant. I oh. love it as well. I would love to see the Main Street Electrical Parade come back or even better, paint the night. For Why the is- few of you <laughs> that have seen paint the night, you know how good that parade is. So maybe 50th anniversary, if I could wish upon a magical flying Tinkerbell, I would love to see the paint the night come to Disney World. That would be my I will second that true. opinion. Mm, that's a good one. All right. So we've talked about a lot of things that are gone. We've talked a lot about a, a lot of things that have been taken away from Walt Disney World. But I think this one's pretty exciting. I'm I'm pumped up for this. I know there's a reason why they did this. But Food and Wine Festival starts July 15th this year and runs all the way through November. So let's talk about how good that is. Right. That's right. The old five month festival. <laughs> I think there will be people there from day one until the end of November. They don't even leave. They hide in the trees. Maybe me. (laughs) I will be that person. (laughs) We need all the wine in the world after this. That's right. Some of my favorite stories are those that you hear about people that just try to stay overnight at Disney World. They hide in places. They hide under bridges and security guards. You know, they ultimately find them. I just love hearing those stories. So. A, if you're a listener, you shouldn't be that person. But <laughs> B, if you've heard of someone that's done that, send us an email because I want to know about it. All right. So speaking of Epcot, speaking of food and wine, I think the reason they did that was strategic. They know that the Epcot that got demolished pre-March is not going to come back as quickly as we had hoped. And so they're thinking, hey, well, you know what distracts people? Food and wine. That's and so right. we're going to do that. We're going to bring that back. But let's talk about some of those enhancements that we had been anticipating but that may or may not be on the calendar. Do you guys, are there any that have kind of solidified in what you've been reading and keeping up with? Yeah, so it looks like, um, you know, the spaceship Earth that we all know and love is saved for the time being. Um, We'll still have Judy Dench narrating and, you know, all is well there. But I mean, I haven't seen anything official regarding anything else. I would have to assume that any of the projects that were, you know, halfway to mostly done are going to continue. You know, I'm sure we'll see Ratatouille soon. I'm sure that the Guardians coaster will be finished. Who knows about the Moana water experience, Uh, right? That could be a That is what I am most concerned for. Yeah. So I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like, you know, Bob Chapek's looking at a massive spreadsheet of budgets right now going, we got to make some decisions. So. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure Tron is going to get finished. Oh, I mean, yeah. They were basically done. My fear is that they won't put the decorative curvature facade on the outside oh, and that they'll they just have leave to. the box. No. Oh, my goodness. Please don't <laughs> leave it like that. People would if riot. If you're listening, please yeah. don't. We already lost the Main Street Theater. We did. That was a good call, though, because, you know, Main Street Theater, that doesn't sound like a good social distancing place right now. So 
Right. Somebody was nope. thinking ahead on that one. <laughs> yeah. Somebody had some inside info. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't think I've heard a lot of confirmed ones. Even the Spaceship Earth, I don't think has come out there. It just kind of disappeared from the refurbishment calendar. The other one that I've heard of more of a strong rumor towards is that Reflections, the resort that was going to be basically the next door neighbor to Wilderness Lodge, that might not be happening, which is a huge bummer. I know you said that Wilderness Lodge is one of your favorites. I was excited about it. What are we what are we thinking there? Yeah, that's, yeah, that that might not. Yeah, that might not finish out. Saw, what about uh, what about the Star Wars, the the Star Wars hotel? Oh, I think they're the galactic. Everything that I've heard that they're they can't get that done fast enough. I've heard that as a company, they I mean, first of all, that thing's going to be so small. The capacity is not very big. Um, I think the Disney company assumes that, you know, the people that could have afforded to stay there before can probably still afford to stay there, I think that thing's going to be a moneymaker for them. So I, I would assume that the uh, the Star Wars hotel is going to push forward and be open sooner than later. Like I said at the beginning, we gave you all of our email addresses, so feel free to send the, any info you have our way. We would love to share it with the listeners when it's appropriate. Um, really quick before we wrap up today's show, let's just walk through parks around the world. What opening dates do we have currently on the table at the time of this recording? Christina, walk us through it. All right. So great news here. Shanghai and Hong Kong are open. Uh, Walt Disney World is going to open Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom on July 11th. So a little bit of a staggered opening. And they are opening Epcot and Hollywood Studios on July 15th. Disneyland in California is opening July 17th. And Disneyland Paris, as well as Tokyo uh, Disney Sea. Those parks are also opening July 15th. So we are heading in the right direction. That's right. The only the only date that I'm, you know, tentatively nervous about from what you said is the July 17th at Disneyland. I've not seen a lot of people happy about that date other than me. Um, But we'll see. We'll see what happens. And at the time of this recording, those are the dates that are out there. So. Just to wrap us up, Tim, give us the play-by-play. If you've got a resort reservation, if you've got tickets, if you've got passes for 2020, give a shout-out to them. And then if you don't, why should you go in 2021? Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like if you've already got your resort reservation, you know, your tickets are booked. I was talking to a client yesterday, and they're like, we're still just not completely sure. Does, you know, making a park pass reservation, does that lock us into not being able to cancel? And I just told them, look at it like a fast pass, you know, just go ahead and make that park reservation. You've got, you know, four months until your trip. Let's see how things play out when they open up. Um, And it may be a great experience for you. You know, you may enjoy the park. Um, And then for those people looking at, you know, should we go next year? Uh, You know, Disney's anniversary for Disney World is happening in 2021. I think um, there's a lot of reasons to be excited about going next year. I also think... Now, more than ever, it's important to go ahead and get your reservation locked in. So many people have been displaced this year and have decided to move their booking to next year. I know that I've looked at certain room categories for clients. And when we've gone to look for it 490 days out, it's already booked up, you know, because people are moving their reservations quickly. So if you're considering going next year, I say go ahead and book it and just see see how everything progresses, you know. Gives them something to look forward to, too, you know. That's right. People need some hope. 
Right. And if you're anything like us, we are itching to get back in the parks. I know that I will be there in Magic Kingdom on July 11th. Tim, Christina, you guys both going to be there as well? I will be. I'm looking for pass holder previews on July 9th and 10th. There you go. So I should to, be there then. to beat us. I love it. Beat so we are going <laughs> to... Yeah. We're going to try to film an, or record an episode on that first day just to kind of let you know what the experience is like. It may air a couple days after that. But like we said, we are itching to get back in the parks. We know a lot of you are too if you don't have some of those things that prevent you from being around crowds right away. But I think the end of the show, this first episode is just like you said, Tim, it's to end with hope that we know that there is the spirit of Disney that is coming back to life. It's already happening around the world. And I can't wait to see what happens when Walt Disney World reopens. Hey, guys, thanks so much for joining us on today's episode of the Travel Mission podcast. We are going to be ending every episode with a little bit of trivia. And so for today's question, we would like to know from you, what day did the Magic Kingdom officially open in Walt Disney World? Now, if you'd like to send us your answer, just go over to TravelMation.net slash trivia. And you can send in our answer and we will reveal the answer on next week's episode. Thanks so much.